Welcome everybody to Fourth Times the Charm. I'm Matt and I'm joined by my intrepid co-host, the man with many words, the man of many films. Ben, how are you doing today? Ben is doing great. Hello, everybody. This is the only podcast where every week is a brand new concept. Fourth time's the freaking charm. And today is one of our very first part twos to an episode. Today, we are looking at the second half of Bray Wyatt's career in WWE through his promo work. Matt, I'm really excited to talk about this today. Our last episode just got posted this morning, and I'm pretty proud of it. I am too. It's a, the And the reason this episode has been split into two parts is because his story truly is too big to be told in one go. When you take both a breakdown of the career of the man and the literal, literative narrative perspective on it, you need this much time because there's so much that happens so, so frequently. And I think that his story is going to be actually told in two parts with where he ends up after WWE, which hasn't happened yet. But I think a true story is going to be told of either true creative stifling or of true creative freedom. And that's gonna, that's that's the line we're, we're looking at. So before we get started here today, we had a big, big wrestling weekend. And I, I would like to say, this is being recorded on August 26th, I would like to Fourth think wall. that this past weekend arguably one of the biggest weekends in wrestling history if not at least the last 20 years i can't think of a moment bigger than this weekend since i started watching wrestling like i've been watching wrestling since probably about 2000 maybe 2002 and i've i watched pretty dedicatedly for a long time and then i fell off and came back and the only thing that to me has ever seemed this big has maybe been CM Punk's pipe bomb promo and maybe like the first rock Cena, like in its presentation, not in its conclusion or the sequel, but nothing else. I mean, I, except for maybe the first all out. Yeah. The, the first all out all might be up there. All in. Oh, all in. I, I think that the first all in is the, we were there. Yeah, we were there. I think the very first all in in 2018 is the biggest, wrestling event up until this all out Uh, well no i think it's even more important than that i think the original all in is the biggest wrestling show since wrestlemania 17 just for what it stands for what came out of it but i gotta say the return of cm punk on the second episode of rampage this past friday for us uh, past two fridays for the listeners i mean that was something special so matt went to rampage with several of our friends at the United Center. They sat right next to John Moxley as he walked out to the ring. Meanwhile, I, the very next day, was in Las Vegas for WWE SummerSlam. And good God, Matt, I'm night sorry. and day difference. So first, Matt, let's go through the good shit. Uh, walk us through the United Center, what it was like to actually be in the building when the lights are flashing on and off and all of a sudden the static hits and chicago phil comes out to the ring for the first time in seven and a half years i'm gonna start with us getting to the venue as we pulled up to park i think i counted about a hundred cm punk shirts just like driving up to the venue 
we walked around the whole uh, United Center to get to the entrance near our seats, and people were ravenous. The first sign I saw walking through the doors was a was a guy with a sign that says, "If CM Punk doesn't show up, we riot." And instead of it, everyone being like, "Yeah, you're cool, dude," people were like, "Yeah." He was like getting legitimate praise. The line for for merch was longer than I've seen at any wrestling show or any event at the United Center. Thank you for the shirt, by the way. Oh, you're welcome. But thank you for the shirt. But we'll <laughs> get to that. Uh, and the anticipation and the like tension in the air is really high. Now, I want to preface what what I say next with the fact that the United Center is a very important venue to me personally. Some of my first big events and shows ever were in the Madhouse on Madison. And I've seen Stanley Cup games there. I've seen some of the most tremendous moments in Blackhawks history with my dad and my family in that venue. And I know what that venue sounds like when the lights are shining and energy is 100% full. The tension in the United Center that night was equivalent to a Blackhawks Stanley Cup game. It wow. was like game six or game five of a Stan- of the Stanley Cup series. People were ecstatic. Now, one of the most fascinating things that would, I would, love. Well, now, now let me preface this: is okay. it in, is it an excitement or is it like a nervousness of like, is he actually going to be here? It was a nervous excitement. I I heard conversations the entire time I was there of people being like, "All right, what if MJF comes out? What if?" What if it's a Jericho thing? What if it's all a swerve? Are they going to have him at the beginning? Or are they going to have him at the end? Like there was this murmur throughout the whole place and everyone was talking about one thing. But to the credit of the Chicago audience and those who traveled to the show, the first two hours of dark matches are for uh, Evolve and Dark, right? Dark and Dark Elevation. Dark and Dark Elevation, yes. There was not. A single CM Punk chant. Not no wrestler entered or left that ring in those first two hours getting CM Punk chanted at them like they would if it was a WWE show. People either didn't give a shit or they had legit like AEW fandom reactions to what occurred. And it was I was legitimately I was like, oh I'm so proud of you people. But man, the moment the moment that last elevation match ended and the dude who gets in the ring to talk between matches started talking to the Chicago and about how hyped the energy was in the room, everyone started to get real quiet. Like the whole venue quieted down. And when he started that count, the venue went silent. I, I, I shit you not. It was dead silent in there for like a palpable period of time. That music hits. I couldn't hear. I could barely think. It was it was some of the loudest crowd reactions I've ever heard. And some of the most stunned people I've ever seen. I was in Philadelphia when the Blackhawks won the World Series. And that was a crowd of stunned, like, disillusionment. There were people with that look on their face. But it was in joy. Like... I almost had a tear come to my eye when the the camera panned up to his face and you saw this legitimate smile on it. It was a smile I've only seen on fans playing in a venue that's tiny, but
but absolutely packed. And it's the first time they've heard a sold out venue sing to their song. It was that reaction out of that man. And I, I, I firmly believe what he said when he got to the ring and started cutting a promo that he didn't know what he was going to say before he got to that ring. And I swear that moment, that response kind of guided what he ended up saying in a way. I think he hit his, he hit his bits, of course. But I think that the early portions of that promo were some of the most genuine shit I've ever heard. Yeah, I, I, I gotta and say, it's yeah, and the shirt from from watching it on TV, the sound was like an like Steve Austin saves the WWF from the invasion level pop, like one of those once every, you know, ten years pops. I haven't, yeah, I haven't heard something that loud since sting debuted in wwe in or 2014 i mean before that it really goes back to seeing like goldberg in his heyday in 98 99 where it's that where it's that deafening loudness the loudness where it's like a wave that washes over you is that sort of Mm -hmm. what you're what what you felt it was in, in in the theme of this today's episode it was truly a divine like religious level response for me three things stood out from the show one cm punk was putting over as many other people as he could and that continued into his promo on dynamite last night number two the line that resonated most with me is when he was talking about how he he had heard all of the people chaining his name for over seven years that for me was just felt so poignant and on top of that, I feel like the MVP of the show wasn't even CM Punk. It was Tony Khan, the owner of AEW. Seeing oh. his promos from before and after Rampage, I think really built a lot of goodwill for I, the I did, for the company. I did so much to capture those on video on my phone. Tony Khan, I, if you've seen the recording of his pre-Rampage speech, he came out like, three minutes before the show started you could tell the reaction from the crowd surprised him and he was near tears and when he came out at the end of rampage to talk to the crowd again he was in tears yeah his voice was it literally was inc- cracking and he had the most adorable little stomp when he was talking to oh when he hands the mic over to sting it was it was like it was like someone getting too overwhelmed like he couldn't handle it. He had to give it all, give the mic away because he was so intensely emotional that he had to. He had no choice, and it was something truly special. Both of those promos. I I think when Tony Khan goes to the fans and he says, "You people sold out this arena without a single match, a single person, a mm-hmm. single thing." announced in advance but you sold it out because you believed in us what a fresh take jim ross on dynamite last night he said what a beautiful time it is to be a wrestling fan and i couldn't agree more and you go from this feeling on friday night of tony khan (laughs) saying as long as you continue to put your faith in us we will not let you down Right over to Nick Khan. And you juxtapose that with SummerSlam the night afterwards. I mean, it's parody levels. I I, I gotta say. Matt, did you watch anything from SummerSlam? Yeah, I did, actually, shockingly enough. Uh, I was... We were watching the UFC, and so we pulled up SummerSlam 
on my laptop to watch both at the same time. And we tuned in right as Becky squashed Bianca. So. Like we didn't we didn't get we didn't get her entrance. We turned it on and she's standing in the ring and we're like, oh wow, that's oh no. We were almost excited. We were so close to being excited. And it looks like she wasn't ready to wrestle for another three months. So first to preface this, the WWE roster is arguably the greatest assembled roster of talent of all time. And I think that still holds true, even given the amount of people they've released, just because to be on the WWE roster, like you have to be super, super amazing. So this isn't taking away anything from the production people, the wrestlers, but with that said, when uh, apparently the rumor is that Becky Lynch is able to go 100%, it was her idea to turn heel, not to win the title, but to turn heel. And Vince liked that idea so much, he brought her back. The merch team had two days' notice to get her merch together. And then it was his idea to have her squash Bianca Belair to immediately establish her as the new top heel on SmackDown. So, Great idea. <laughs> which includes. Great. Inc- which included her winning clean, by the way. Yep. I would like to give myself a pat on the back because Becky Lynch comes out wearing her new The Man's in Vegas. She takes her wow. shirt off, throws it into the crowd, and who catches it but big old Ben? Oh, that was you who caught that? Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I caught that. Hell yeah, brother. So I caught the last vestige of hope the WWE had. Yeah, I agree. I, it, it goes. It, it's like if Punk debuted at Rampage and beat Kenny Omega for the title in like a no, one-two sweep. No, it's not. It would be like if Kenny Omega wrestled Christian for the Impact title. Christian wins. Then CM Punk returns as a surprise, challenges Christian to a match, kicks him in the dick, and pins him, and then leaves. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty terrible. Yeah. It, it's it's a massive fumble, and I I think it's only going to... I hope at this point it really bites them in the ass in the long term. I really want to see a titan fall. I honestly... I, I, I would feel bad for the wrestlers and the competition, but man, would, a, would I love to see it historically there's, happen. There's a part of me that would like to see that happen just because I want to watch the world burn, but if there's anything we've seen historically, it's that if another competitor goes out of business it is disastrous for the wrestling industry so i hope for the love of god that wwe can figure out what the hell's going on with them keep nxt awesome and don't turn it into happening whatever branding it right now um and also make nxt stand for something why is nxt the only acronym in wwe that stands for nothing what what is that it is it is the fact that as long as Vince McMahon is alive, NXT can't be important. I well, I don't think that's it. Uh, but that that is definitely a story for another day. Matt, are you ready to go into the mythos of one of the greatest of all time, Bray Wyatt? Yes. Then it is time, Child. and class is in session. Welcome everybody to promo class. I am Ben alongside Matt. Matt, are you ready to start the lesson? Oh, sweet summer child, I am prepared. So everybody, last time we were in class, we targeted 
Bray Wyatt from his humble beginnings in NXT as Husky Harris through his evolution in FCW developmental, going from Axel Mulligan to an early form Bray Wyatt, see him gather his confidence, debut on the main roster, slowly gather a cult following of fans, and then have it all be squandered away uh, as the man of a thousand truths, as he called himself, uh, ended up jobbing to John Cena multiple times, which completely ran aground of his stated purposes and his ethos and his credibility. The last promo we listened to last time was his famous Miss Teacher Lady promo, which is an amazing piece of work where Bray Wyatt ends up trying to pivot his character as someone who's still growing, someone who won't always win, but someone who you better be on board with once he finally reaches his true potential. And on the same note, we also saw a boy who was eight years old who watched, killed his father, was taken in by a religious organization who raised him to be the monster that he is. Somebody planted the seed and saw what was inside of Bray and cultivated it until it was expressed fully. Divinity was attempted to be reached and it was squashed by something greater than him, something that he eventually will need to destroy himself. But that's for later. So we've come to August 2014 in Bray Wyatt's WWE career. He is just coming off of his feud with John Cena where he ended up clearly the loser and he is now embroiled in a feud with Chris Jericho. Now Matt, if we look historically at his previous opponents, we have Kane, who's a giant undead monster, calls himself the devil's favorite demon. Obviously someone Bray Wyatt would go after. We have Daniel Bryan and John Cena, two paragons of virtue who Bray Wyatt views as liars. That's great. And now we have Chris Jericho. And we're going to start to see here how several of the original facets of Bray Wyatt's character starts to get a bit muddled when less attention is paid to him. Are you ready? I am prepared. Here we go. Do you remember your dreams? Chris Jericho's pursed lips is one of the most aggravating things I've, I've ever right. seen. I haven't liked Chris Jericho's hair in like 20 years. A scared little boy who wanted nothing more in life than to live up to his daddy. <laughs> I wonder, can you still see the disappointment in his Ooh, eyes? That is such a good question. <laughs> you know his dad's a former it NHL player, right? Yeah, I believe left so. left a hole. A hole so big that the only way you sought out to fill it was by becoming a savior of your own. But you can't even save yourself. See? I know lots about you, Chris, but you don't really know anything about me. So let me tell you about me. Now remember, Let me tell Bray you Wyatt and the entity inside of him dream, are splitting up right now. When I close my eyes, all I hear separating is and becoming unique. About my reoccurring nightmare that happens over and over and over again. But never once, Chris, did I claim to be a savior. Could that that seems like a contradiction. Listen to the what chance he's fact, getting. The only thing that I live for in this life 
is to help people who can't help themselves. Yep. That's the thing, Chris. You can't just whisper. There was a jump at it there. Oh yeah. Have to scream. This is still very genuine though. Ears bleed. <laughs> and that's it. I figured it out. The key to the universe. See, he he's truly cracked here compared to his character was before. Losing his defeats to Cena repeatedly and his mental institutionalization really, really affected him in coming up. And it gets even worse as time goes on. And for this, I am not the least bit sorry. I can't, I can't resist. Earned. There are no consequences for my actions. I have no conscience. That's true. I do not heed to the laws of mankind. I do not believe in heaven or hell. Matter of fact, I hate everything that this whole damn world has ever created. I feel like that's the entity speaking, not yeah, just mortal Bray. I agree. I'm Ray Wyatt, he slips out. The eater of world. And that's he's, he's back to his idolization of himself. Decimated this grandiose language returns when that character comes forward. It seems like the eater of worlds and the catchphrases and stuff are Bray. But the statements of what he actually is, like the pure evil statements, are the the inner being. That one of the most important things to in magic is is hiding truth within statements, and those those are the moments of real truth. It's a masterclass of, of writing and character work, though. Not a savior, Wyatt. But after 15 years of being in the WWE and all the things I've done, wins, losses, championships, everything in between, I've become a survivor. And one of the reasons for being a survivor is you never know what you're going to get with Chris Jericho, Wyatt. A lot of different faces. Chris Jericho, Wyatt. A lot of different sides to Chris Jericho. I can't promise you. Which Jericho are you going to see at SummerSlam? God, he, he is much he worse is. compared to Yeah, he really is. Bray Wyatt. It seems like he's trying to match his energy, but it's him. it's not working. Right down your I feel like he was overwhelmed. I don't, I don't think Jericho really understands what he's going for. To leave you speechless and shut you up for good. All right. Bray's laugh, Bray laughing at them there at the end is so perfect. So... I'm going to get through my thoughts first because my thoughts are going to be a bit more negative. Um, and I like, I, I think this is going to be more of a you heavy episode. I hope so. What I see here, this is immediately after Bray Wyatt's feud with John Cena. So even though he has the awesomest teacher lady promo, we do need, and I think you'd agree, we do need some sense of credibility for Bray Wyatt here to be rebuilt, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, definitely. If that's the case, why do you pair Bray Wyatt up with Chris Jericho and you go with this savior idea? Because the whole thing, if you remember, Matt, when Chris Jericho came back to WWE, he labels himself as, you know, savior, save us, Y2J. But do you know when he returned as the savior of the WWE, Matt? I do not. It was about six years beforehand. Oh. And he'd already turned heel and face and heel and face again in that time since then so you go from a program where bray wyatt's like all right guys you know yeah i might have been wrong about this but 
you know, still stay along for the ride. And immediately afterwards, he's talking about this character that Chris Jericho had half a decade beforehand. So the delivery for me is awesome, but it's it feels so strung together compared to his prior feuds. It feels a lot more tacked on. And I feel like by this point, his motives for his feuds are becoming less clear cut and more muddled. And oh, and also he loses to Jericho in their first match. So remember that too. Yeah, some booking decisions are hard to talk around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think though, narratively what's happening here, if, we're, if I'm going to continue with my literalist perspective. Yeah, on let's this, go for it. This, this is the reason you're seeing that fraying kind of disjointed, making a reference to something that's six years old, connecting it and interlaying it with the same catchphrases and notations from his original character is because losing to Cena foundationally damaged Bray and the entity that's inside him and the power that controls and eventually he becomes. It is that loss to Cena, those repeated losses to Cena that led to the fact that now I, I believe what we see here is not a merger, not someone drawing on power, take, gaining power for his personal self-believing. He is going to ascend to losing to Cena forced him to realize that there are two entities within him. I think we see it in the Miss Teacher Lady promo. We see a bit of the two sides that are now inside of him, but that fraying and that fracturing is going to continue to go and go and go until we get to the Firefly Funhouse, which is where full fracture has happened. But at this point, Bray Wyatt and the what we, we, we could call the fiend, for lack of a better Let's name. Let's call it the entity. The entity, the godhead, the demon, the whatever inside of him is more, is aware now. And so Bray's head is muddled. He has two people talking at once. The, the entity slips out. Bray takes control. The entity slips out. It's not a singular entity moving forward so, now. So here, I want to propose something, Matt, and I want you to tell me, because I have a much weaker understanding of left-hand magic than you do. Left-hand path. Left-hand path magic. Oh, shit. Uh, so pr- proves my point exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, walk me through this here. I, I think that something that it could be is that, you know, the whole idea of left-hand path magic is that you will something to be real, right? That's like the yeah. basic concept of it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Bray Wyatt leading up to WrestleMania 30 believes in what he is enough that he has control over the entity. And I'd like to imagine that after his loss to John Cena, and especially after two losses to him, that Bray Wyatt's confidence in himself, the person, has to be shaken enough that now the entity is i'd like to say maybe more unchained which leads to this more erratic behavior from wyatt and maybe a more unfocused bray wyatt i agree i I completely and i think from a magical standpoint you're you were right so will it be is the whole of the law the notion that bray's will and that's what he believed was his power he knew that there was something inside of him but he believed that that tool was a tool it was a tool for his will, and he was granted with that spark, with that essence of divinity that he was able to draw on. And when he saw Cena, 
when he faced what is a truly divine being in the world of WWE, he faltered and that will was fractured, which means that the entity inside of him absorbed and kind of took ownership of a portion of that will, giving itself a personality. It was truly, it was more than just an entity at this point now. It was something bigger. You know, listening to his promos back to back to back to back, I really didn't notice a difference in Bray Wyatt's cadence from start to end of promos and from promo to promo uh, until after his losses to Cena. Starting with the Miss Teacher Lady promo, and then we see it here too, it does really feel like we have two sides of Wyatt. And I don't know if that's me just trying to connect dots where they aren't there. But I really feel like in both the last promo and in this promo, there are moments where Bray digs into a deeper place. And I think that's the entity. And so even in his promos, you see that he's essentially clashing with himself in this, this, this sort of fight. And I don't know if the entity itself is really sentient at this point or if it's just some sort of ethereal energy that bray wyatt doesn't have control of which i think you'd be able to comment on better i think it has a a essence of sentience i think what it has now is a literal portion of bray wyatt it absorbed a portion of that original self and has begun to gain consciousness it's it's awake now it might not be what it becomes I think we, when, when that entity gains true consciousness, we see that happen. We meet that entity to an extent, or, or at least a representation of it, a vessel, so to speak. But right now, that entity is gaining power. But what that means is the vessel is kind of flickering. It's like, a, it's like watching us. It's like Bray Wyatt used to be in 1080p. He's now in 480p. But both from like a, a power perspective, which is why he's going after someone as weak as Jericho, and a control of the power inside of him. Let's continue analyzing Bray Wyatt's promos here, seeing if we can really distill how the difference is between himself and the entity that's inside him. Because I really want to build off of this and see if it's just something we're making up or if it's something that actually is being layered in there because it really does feel like there's two sides of him in these promos doesn't it i think it is intentionally layered in we go to october 2014 bray wyatt's chilling proclamation the world is a very scary place the ones who are meant to protect you ones that you should fear most. This is a very old school Bray promo too. I used to be afraid. It's a lot more, uh, it's a lot more horror-esque. It's a lot more like how he was in NXT. It's a lot more supernatural, I, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Special. That I would never truly be alone. She said, you'll have to Talking about the, the, his, his origins again. That will guide you on this journey. I think we know what that spirit is. Got some more fire. And that damnation, desolation 
you, we see actualized in the death of his character, both as a character on television and as a character in WWE. Everything includes him. See, he's wreathing himself in smoke for his future endeavor that he needs to be destroyed to be created. Look at that. Look at that very divine light behind that chair with no one in it. So this, I think, is an interesting promo because Bray, I want to say, gets sort of a soft reboot after his Jericho Mm -hmm. feud. And he starts a program with Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley. And at this point, it feels like he really veers more into the supernatural. It's at, I believe, or, or maybe Hell in a Cell that year where it's Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. And there's a like hologram of Bray Wyatt that beats up Dean Ambrose or distracts him or something really stupid that happens. Okay, no offense to Bray, but it it really came out of left field and felt forced. The execution was stupid. The execution was stupid, yeah. I don't necessarily mind the supernatural aspect here, especially for what it leads to. Um, but you can tell here he's a lot more satanic sounding in his promos. It feels a lot more vague and, uh, far reaching rather than his earlier promos, which were a lot more, Hey, come follow me, follow my family, which once again makes more sense because at this point he split off from, Harper and Rowan, I believe. Yeah, he sh- oh, and and this isn't this isn't a human anymore. So this on the face of it comes across a bit more like wheel spinning from a storytelling perspective uh, because oh. at this point he's and I think this is really good, but from a storyline standpoint at this point, he's a cult leader who lost his two cult members and he hasn't made any progress and now we've added some like, you know, party city smoke and fog but he's still saying very similar things so 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 that so that's the that's the down part but i still really enjoy this i want to hear your take on it what we're seeing from a narrative standpoint here is the deconstruction and the disillusionment of the character of bray so bray's will is being consumed by the entity Therefore, what I believe is occurring here is that Bray is regressing. So we're seeing this fractured version of Bray who makes a six-year reference when a little bit of his modern current will is absorbed. At this point, months later, that will has been absorbed even more. So now we're seeing a more regressed version of Bray. He is reverting back and we're seeing more and more of the presentation from the entity within him, which is not, I believe, directly human, which is why we have this disjointed kind of warbly version of Bray. It's, it's alluding to the fact that the vessel itself understands that the only way to break away from Bray and truly ascend is to destroy the vessel that is Bray. Now, I think what the entity doesn't understand fully is that by consuming Bray's uh, will, he's going to take on and become Bray himself. He's turning what was a vessel for himself truly into a vessel. But that means there's part of him that needs to be purged out. 
so, so it, that in the so, end he has a pure form. So what you're saying is this is like alien pretty much and he's being eaten from the inside out by this entity and at this point as the entity gains sentience Bray's essentially losing his mind and things are just breaking down and going backwards that's why this promo and the presentation of it is so similar to when he was first starting out it is him well i see i don't agree see i don't agree with that i i think that i agree with you mostly but i think that he's speaking so much more vaguely in this promo Mm -hmm. compared to how he was when you're looking at those debut vignettes you know he's talking about damnation etc but i feel like if you look at his early promo work it's all very grounded which yeah because that was a human i i I agree human doing that this is a bastardized version but the aesthetics is what i'm talking about The, the demon entity thing can't Act, ad, adequately portray the original version of Bray. He can do this. Yeah, I can deal with that. From here, Bray Wyatt into the fall and into the new year feuds with Dean Ambrose in a match where Ambrose beats himself by trying to unplug a TV that shoots sparks in his face. It was really bad. Better than the Bob Wire death match. Um, and, and once again, no fault of the wrestlers themselves. They're both awesome. His feud with Ambrose revolves around him being a sinner. That's literally it. He just says that Dean Ambrose is a sinner, which I think is about as vague and generic as, as you can get. And Childhood Bray was read and grew up reading the Bible. That's how he learned to read, was through christian narrative text yeah it's really sad listening to the crowd reactions from before wrestlemania and listening to them here they are so quiet matt they are so so quiet whenever he has a a promo there's one promo where he comes up and there's a literal audible groan from the crowd oh no yeah i think that this next video is a real bottoming out point for the Bray Wyatt character. And I, I want to see, Matt, if you can do anything with this. Bray Wyatt, about a year and a half removed from debuting on the main roster, declares his intention to enter the Royal Rumble. This is crowd sweetened, by the way, because it's taped for SmackDown. Hmm. I thought I was staring back in my own deranged reflection. I thought Dean Ambrose was different, man. But I was wrong. Turns out he's just like the rest of you. Mm-hmm. I can make that part work. That 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 part is and him Dean looking Ambrose for another demon. The entity and Bray himself. For fate is a pretty girl with a sword in her hand. She's watching, man. She's always watching. And as fate closed in on Dean Ambrose, that ambulance door shut. <laughs> Look at that shirt. How, how, how FSW of him. Begin. In this long... Winding road will lead me to a new destination. For in three weeks' time, 
Bray Wyatt will arrive at the Royal Rumble. Oof. Fumble that one. Will join me. And 29 others will fall. Run. Yikes. Alright, so Bray Wyatt in a year and a half is now cutting the exact same I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble promo that everyone else is. And he tries to put his own spin on it, but I cannot imagine someone who would care less about the Royal Rumble than Bray Wyatt. And yeah, I get it. I get it. It's, it's a way for him to build power, whatever, but he loses again. Uh-huh. So I, I really don't think there's a lot for him to build with here. This is just such a throwaway promo for a guy who puts so much into his promos. I feel like Bray Wyatt should never be in a Royal Rumble match. No, never. He should never be in that type of match ever. Because it's if, if Bray Wyatt maybe talked about the taking the WWE by storm or holding it hostage or something. Maybe there could be something there, but just I'm going to, there's going to be 29 people in the ring with me and I'm going to eliminate all of them. It's like, Oh my God, 1992 called. So I, I feel really bad for him being forced to do this. This is a Husky Harris promo narratively. He's regressed to Husky Harris. That's why it's bad. I, I mean, I don't even... All, feel- all, ma- all magicians fail every now and then. That's for true. I mean, this, this- I don't even think that this would be a Husky Harris promo. I think that maybe this is Bray Wyatt just sort of struggling to find something that works, you know? Where it's like, okay, he's losing all of this power to the entity, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's he's scrambling. What is he going to do? Oh, hey, this is a great way to gain notoriety is to win the Rumble, right? This screams of a character that's scrambling in more ways than one. I agree. It. it I also think it's one of those things where the entity itself doesn't actually understand wrestling. So it's kind of nudging to do things that it kind of thinks are good and powerful. It's like, go, go, go try to win. Like he doesn't have a full understanding of his will. And since his, his mind has eroded backwards, he's just kind of following these weird base instincts, which if you're in WWE, one of those base instincts to follow, like you said, Ben, would be to win the Royal Rumble. It's very generic. And it's because narratively, he's so stripped back. He's so degraded at this point. There's not really anything else for his brain to do. Except turn into whatever monstrosity is inside him And we see that as Bray Wyatt begins a feud with The Undertaker. And I think that it's this feud where Bray Wyatt really picks back up, Matt. Mm -hmm. Because he essentially goes the one way that I feel like he could really salvage his character in a way that they would actually roll with. Which is he turns into a complete and utter dangerous babbling psychopath. He sells his entire WrestleMania 31 match with The Undertaker. On his own. The Undertaker does not show up once. And I think it really peaks with this March 2nd, 2015 promo to The Undertaker where he burns a casket. Ooh, that wicked feeling is in the air again. (laughs) Can you feel it? Look at all those followers still shining their lights on him. What is truly left of the mighty undertaker 
seven more years of matches. Capable of striking the hearts of man. Or have the hands of time finally ripped him apart? Come on, Undertaker! He's riling the crowd. Look how much control he has back now. But I think it's finally because he found a, a, an entity that shared the same affinity type with him. Because he is an undead wizard. And Bray is a left-hand path magician slash demon. So, you know, it works out. I built this just for you, Undertaker. I hope you like it. But where are you? Instead of being out here in appreciation, you torture me. You mock me with all this silence. This is a completely different promo style from what he's done beforehand, which I think is really interesting. Because I, this is the entity, comes at a fully speaking. See, I actually think it's the opposite. No, I don't, I don't think we have much Bray left. We'll get into it afterwards, but... Had this fascination with the natural instincts of fire. Fire has no prejudice. I like how they ripped the safety it valve off no that. Feelings. Right. Fire just has this urge to destroy anything. I think this is where the fire imagery really path. peaks. Just like me. Because I think that I, I firmly Just believe that like fire imagery and that understanding that one day you will burn the vessel is like an instinctual thing from the entity. The entity knows what eventually needs to be done to Bray, which Randy executes for him so beautifully. I would walk through the fires of hell just to see your face, Undertaker. I don't think you really know who it is you're dealing with, man. You can't yeah. hide from me. No one can hide from me. Where I come from, everything burns. And at WrestleMania... Yeah, that is not Bray Wyatt saying that. You're gonna burn too, dead man. <laughs> Undertaker's in there. God, JBL's such a shitty commentator. He's really lucky that lighter didn't explode. Right? So Bray Wyatt burns the casket. Very nice imagery. He's summoning Undertaker functionally. I So you interpret this, Matt, as Bray Wyatt being fully consumed by the Entity. Uh, elaborate yes. on this what and what i mean by that and what i said earlier is when that happens so the 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 entity regresses and slowly absorbs bray's will right but the vessel is still bright and the the will the entity is feeding on and has been learning from has been bray so when the entity takes control of bray what he is is he is a basically a mirror of bray it's not the true Bray Wyatt we knew before. That character comes back out and is re-separated from Bray later on. But right now, what we have is that entity that's been inside Bray for a long time having absorbed the essence of who Bray Wyatt is and is now really trying to form himself, but he doesn't fully... He's not fully himself. He's not the fiend. He's not anything other than Bray Wyatt. 
but it's not Bray Wyatt. It's someone who's learned to be a human by watching Bray Wyatt and the people he's fought. So so this is where you and I diverge a bit. But I, at first, and I know this is going ahead of ourselves, but I want to ask you first, is Funhouse Bray, is there any vestige of original Bray Wyatt in there, like the person? Like the char- the Funhouse character? Yeah, like is that is that human Bray Wyatt modified? It's a ver- it, it's it's aspects of his personality. It's an aspect right. of his personality. Okay. So with that said, and knowing that you agree with that, I think that this here, I think that this promo is the last gasp of human Bray Wyatt. And I think that because he doesn't speak to the Undertaker from a place of power. Bray Wyatt's always spoken from a place of power, except for here. Here, Bray Wyatt's the one demanding that The Undertaker show up. Bray Wyatt's the one who's essentially on the defensive, who's demanding that someone show up. This is Bray Wyatt narratively without control. And so because of that, and the fact that when you're listening to his promo, he sounds a lot more normal than he normally does. I think this is Bray Wyatt trying to get his shit together, and this is his last chance to essentially save himself from being entirely consumed by the entity. Because if you look at all these things, also remember he loses to The Undertaker at WrestleMania, and it's not the best match. For one, Taker wasn't in a good place health-wise, and two, Bray Wyatt actually injured himself in training, I think, uh, the weekend before WrestleMania or the weekend of. To me, this really felt like Bray Wyatt's gone off the wall. He's gone insane. He's demanding that The Undertaker show himself and he's burning an effigy of The Undertaker as a last ditch attempt to protect and save himself. I, I, I feel the same way about the motivations of the individual controlling the vessel. But I do not I do not believe that the Bray Wyatt we saw in NXT that we saw debut on Raw is is there. I think a v- absorbed voximile of that man is there, which is guiding the will of the of the character and is why, narratively speaking, we can say he has a bad match with Taker and loses is because despite the entity f- taking control of Bray's will, he doesn't have full control. He isn't. The only way for him to have access to his true power is to be separated from Bray, but he doesn't know that yet. He hasn't learned that lesson. He knows he knows that his true path is to separate, but he is broken right now. This isn't a true god. We see that character later. But see, I think that there is a point coming up here the same year where the entity does take full control. And no, I think I think what we see there is the entity's will expressing. We are still seeing the will of Bray Wyatt because that's all the entity has. He needed to be in presence of someone as powerful as the Undertaker. Well, let let's go to that. So Bray Wyatt loses to the Undertaker at WrestleMania, and he has a very quiet summer. He gets essentially a soft reboot in late summer and debuts the monster among men braun Strowman, as the black sheep of the white family and in the fall he is embroiled with yet another feud this time with both the undertaker and kane 
to celebrate what I believe was the 25th anniversary of The Undertaker. Not only does his new Wyatt family destroy The Undertaker and Kane, but Bray Wyatt has absorbed their powers. I, Bray Wyatt, and my family have successfully harvested the souls of the Undertaker. What a fucking jump. Demon the Kane. mortal Bray Wyatt was never able to do this, but this version, the true true power, deity was able to successfully do what Bray Wyatt was trying to do all those years and he succeeded and it feels good man it feels really really good that power has become unconceivable no matter what the fedora belongs to me for the last man on television to make a fedora work the thunder <laughs> we, 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 we got lights. Those little biddly lights. The lightning. Hell yeah. See, he's those they he literally like man. those they literally like draw on the screen or whatever. That's awesome. Yeah, that that is there is no humanity left in that man. I agree. This is not a human talking through this vessel. And it is. Which is why he actually is able to use magic because humans can't use magic. That's the fault of ma of the magic factors well of a modern people. Modern humans are no longer connected well to the magic of the world. Power to take your world and to burn it straight to hell. That's a that's a big sentence right there. He's never expressed himself as clearly as he did right there. Yeah. Whoa, he can summon the opening pyro for Raw. That's a lot of power. Yeah, that that is someone with real magic. That is an entity whose eyes are bigger than our world because he's seen bigger worlds. And now he has consciousness. He's, his will is alive, not just a bastardized version of Bray's. Okay, so first off, storyline-wise, I think this is a really clever way of reinventing Bray Wyatt. It's just literally Beautiful. giving him supernatural powers. Is it's, it, it's how they should have tried to legitimize him after Cena. Right, yeah, to just literally show, okay, fine, you know what? Yeah, he is a giant evil magician, cult leader, Satan. It's like, yeah. I can mess with that. Fine. Now, remember, he loses this feud in the end, which ends up undoing a lot of that. But I we really feel like I feel like we really get a lot more of the original ferocity from Bray Wyatt, which we'd sort of lost by this point. He really believes in it again. And I think moving narratively, I think this where they take The Undertaker and Kane, that is where I think the entity fully takes control. I think WrestleMania 31 is Bray Wyatt, the person in his last gasp, trying to fight the undertaker. He fails. And then here, the entity in charge is actually able to at least temporarily usurp and take their powers. And we, I think we, that we, we agree, but on a different magical level. Okay. Explain. Because, because I, the way you explain that you think that 
WrestleMania 31 against Undertaker as the last breath of Bray Wyatt. I think you're correct. But what we were seeing is not Bray Wyatt controlling the vessel. His will still existed. His self still existed. It was just completely enfolded then. Here and from and going forward, even with the loss, we can we can make that work if you really want me to stretch for it. But here we see the the will of Bray Wyatt, the driving force behind the original human. That's as as you put it, completely washed away. That's gone. It's stored in the background. It's now it's no longer exerting any influence over the actions or the mind of the vessel. This is a, a completely consumed vessel, but I think that vessel lost I think that that aspect of his will lost control a long time ago. It was just it was muddling and and belittling the actual will of the real entity inside of Bray. And he uses the imagery and the character and everything to maintain his power as a god and as a religious figurehead because you have to but you rewrite and you make it work for who you are i mean i think bray accomplished that i think he was trying to do that but bray was still muddying the waters before i I think that we'll probably drop it after this because i think you and i just disagree on this but the way i see it is that i think manny is the last time bray himself is in control because after Mm -hmm. that he does disappear for several months And then when he comes back, it's this new Bray Wyatt. He's got Braun Strowman. He has a reformed Wyatt family. It's the end of WrestleMania is the end of Bray Wyatt in many ways. And I don't think that narratively it makes as much sense unless it's that period where he's away where that Bray Wyatt goes away and now you have entity Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I... I think what you saw, I, I we're almost agreeing with each other. Yeah, what, what, our timelines what are like two months different, but that's it. But but the but the outcomes and, and the aspects are the same. The narrative, the narrative outcome of Bray's Wyatt being Bray Wyatt himself, the human, being completely consumed, happens in both their narratives. It just happens in a different way, um, and I think that. You're right. When Bray went away, what happened was the entity, the entity's will was finally being expressed. So all the things he was guiding Bray to achieve when he was still, when he was still just like a nebulous power inside of him, he goes and executes it properly. Bray, Bray failed at forming the perfect Wyatt family of achieving true magic. And, he, and that entity did that and continues to as time goes on. So before we continue with Bray Wyatt's storyline history, it's around this time that WWE's YouTube uploads Bray Wyatt and the Man in the Woods, part of their Superstar Ghost Story series. And this is, to me, one of Bray's most captivating promos. And also, if we're talking about the entity, I think that we learn a bit more about it right here. I love WWE's production. Yeah, they they could make such good narrative fantasy-driven material, and they just fail. I grew up in South Central Louisiana. Abigail rescued me and my brothers and sisters. She took us to this cabin in the middle of nowhere. It was freedom. 
But even the greatest freedom comes at a price. She told us, beware the man in the woods, for he is real, and he is the eater. So one day, me and my brothers, we take our slingshots and we go rabbit hunting like we do. We started to hear something strange. At first, we passed it off as a bear. And as time passed, the bear, or what we thought was a bear, started to what get What a louder. captivating voice. Yeah. It, oh. And it let out these And always wearing hats. Howls. But My not brothers, a fucking fedora. He's wearing a beanie. Started to what run. a demon. And I myself must admit, for a second, I was afraid. But I was more intrigued than anything else. I dropped my slingshot and I started moving closer and closer towards the sound. And I got so close at one point that the sound started to radiate in my ears and hurt. That was that such a good edit. Is when I saw it. He was about seven foot tall, walking upright. No pigment in his skin. He was as pale as a pearl. The entity is Slenderman. Yeah, this is literally a Slenderman story. All the way down to his knees, and he was carrying an alligator with one hand dragging it across the beach line. I prayed, I prayed that he wouldn't see me, and I said, Abigail, please forgive me. Forgive me for not paying attention to you. And that's when he looked at me. His eyes were yellow like a cat. Still. It's a Sasquatch. Only Bray Wyatt can make a fucking Slenderman story captivating. Yeah. He reaches out his hand. And in the middle of it was my slingshot. And I started to run as fast as my legs could take me. Ooh, see, the entity removed what happened there. That's why that edit's there, narratively speaking. The cabin was back in my eyesight. I sprinted through the door, and I was in a panic. And I ran straight to Abby's room, and I said, Abby, I'm so sorry. And she said, baby, pray. What is wrong? And I said, I saw him. I saw the man in the woods. I hope Ray, the person, picked up that stick and decided so to use it while he was telling she the story. Because it was a beautiful piece of narrative storytelling. I'm sure he did. What did he say to you? What? He didn't say anything. Yep, it was that. Matter of fact, that was the edit. Yep. He looked right at me with his eyes, as if he was staring right through me. And he held out his hand at me. And in his hand was my slingshot. And inside, I was wondering why, why is she so calm right now? And she said, baby, don't you understand, Bray? It's his slingshot, too. <laughs> what? You are the man in the woods. <laughs> Amazing. The man in the woods. So, before we get into the whole thing, first off, Bray Wyatt's an excellent promo. I think this is important because it shows that even outside of his regular Bray Wyatt context, he's become a really good promo just in general, which... You know, he stayed in his same lane pretty much, but seeing him in a completely different environment still be so captivating 
is really cool. That's number one. And it did feel very fresh. Number two, and this is moving more narratively, Matt, before we get into the obvious bits, at the very beginning, he talks about how Sister Abigail rescued him and the other children. And that's something that isn't touched on in, I think, any of the other Bray Wyatt promos. So I think that creates a narrative where Bray Wyatt kills his father, He's sent to an orphanage, orphanage with Miss Teacher Lady. Then it must have been some sort of abusive orphanage because then Sister Abigail comes to save them, takes the children, and then that's where Bray Wyatt's left-hand path magic training begins. I agree. And what the entity he met, which is a reflection, uh, as Abigail says, is himself, is a great representation of what in left-hand path magic is traditionally called a secret keeper, an entity that is beyond our reality that contains truth about the world. And that interaction, that edit, is where he receives that truth, that message of truth that you know he becomes as time goes on. So, see, I interpreted that as being the entity. Yeah. That, the, the, can, there, can it in, be both? Yes, it, the the notion of being given truth is what that entity can be. In some in some magical depictions, what is that? The reason there's a finite number of magical beings, due to the fact that each of the each of them, the reason they have actual power is because they contain a shred of truth about the universe, and that's what gives them magical powers. And that entity, which is the entity which is eventually going to be Bray Wyatt, which is because he's the vessel, receptive since birth, all that, being he sees it for the first time. And I think that image where we see him with the horns on at the end, I think that is a very honest portrait of the entity. If it's it that vesselized form, it's not just a, a joke. That's a that I think there's a lot of like as you said, Ben, there's a lot of truth in this promo about the actual story being told. I, yeah, I, I think this is super captivating, and uh, I'm really glad they got to show this off. It, we're we're going to go into a time skip now, and that's because... Cultivating magic takes time. Much like what Bray Wyatt's character becomes in the next year or two, it starts to get a little repetitive, I'm sorry to say. Yeah. Um, in 2016, Bray Wyatt feels pretty directionless. His Wyatt family has a segment with The Rock at WrestleMania, after his match with Brock Lesnar gets changed and Brock then faces Dean Ambrose. Then heading into the fall, he is drafted to SmackDown, where him, Luke Harper, and Randy Orton are embroiled in a feud, which leads to Luke Harper breaking away. And in my opinion, one of the biggest missed opportunities uh, was having Luke Harper in the WrestleMania WWE title match against Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. And honestly, that's like one of my biggest regrets that WWE never did. Luke Harper was popular enough to be in that match and he deserved it. And he was never given that opportunity again. And now that he's passed away, it's really, I think, one of the sourest notes in WrestleMania history. Yep. Especially when we saw how good he really was. Yeah, yeah. He really fully expressed himself yeah I, I i really think that you know after brody's passing we're going to see him years from now as like an eddie guerrero 
bruiser brody type you know legend patron saint of wrestling type um but it's really a shame that he couldn't get that sort of pedestal while he was still alive the wrestlemania match we do get features bray wyatt versus randy orton and a bunch of projections that do literally nothing just plastered onto the ring do you remember this matt I've blocked it from my memory, I think. It would be Bray Wyatt would slam Randy Orton, raise his arms, and then there would be, like, maggot pictures on the ring. Oh, yeah, that's stupid And shit. Randy Orton would be like, that's dumb. And he'd no-sell it, and they keep going. And then Randy Orton wins with, like, one RKO. I don't know how to reconcile this one, Matt. It was intentional. He was trying to... Make the powers that be not think he had too much power. Well, I I will say that Randy Orton's the first guy to really beat Bray at his own game of manipulating and the cult leader stuff. So yeah, I I I think that maybe you could draw some conclusion because Randy Orton gets accepted into the White family, then burns uh, Sister Abigail's house and the chair and everything to the ground in a real. Uh, screw you bray moment i think i think i think what we're actually seeing happen with that and later in randy's like he's helping bray he's helping the entity he's not helping bray he's helping the entity achieve its final goal but bray's already gone away by that point no he's helping the well there there's been a message since the beginning of bray Wyatt's story that fire is what leads to rebirth right He's talked about it constantly. He's used the reference. He's ashes, sure. doom, all this stuff. The ritual, regardless of the fact that Bray's gone as as a as a personal will, doesn't mean that the mortal connections the vessel has to the earth don't still hold sway over it. So you're saying that even though Bray is no longer in control, there's still aspects of him that come out. Like he's still a he's still a flawed vessel, like lungs with cigarette smoke in them exactly and so you need to burn away the rest of the disease so that they those two things can separate that's why he's finally able to escape the magical constrictions of wwe in the end and he he chose randy you know you know you know what voices randy hears in his head ben bray wyatt ah i like that it's always been there he doesn't know it he doesn't understand it he's always been there and that's why he's so happy now, because Bray's gone. I, I, I think also that Randy's even mentioned in those promos leading up to WrestleMania that he has voices too. You know, I think yep. they do touch on that. So that's a really interesting line to connect between them. Basically, Randy was destined to do what he did to Bray. Was Randy, Randy was a pawn for yeah. Bray. He's part of a bigger game, just like he was with Evolution. Now, do you think the entity is still building in power, or do you think that essentially at this point it's just making lateral movements? Or or do you think that Bray does something like win the title, which is something the entity wants, and then when it sees Randy Orton is there, it's an opportunity to purge itself of a weakness? I think a lot of it was always there and always part of the plan, but he is still cultivating. Because cult- the, the amount of time... And rituals take a lot of time. He he might have been able to reform the Wyatt family and do all this stuff very quickly. But in the background, the entity is constantly working to fully accomplish its goal. It needs to do everything right. Otherwise, it won't work. And so it takes a lot of time. And what he does in the meantime are things to cultivate more power, 
and gain the things, the elements he needs to complete his well, grand ritual. So you drew comparisons to Hereditary. Is mm-hmm. for the entity, do you think it sees this vessel as something that's predestined, something that's predetermined? Or does it see it as something as like, okay, I got to make sure I hit all these marks and it not ha- screw it, it up? It believes that its will will be accomplished, but it knows the work is important. Okay, it, interesting. Like, these things have to happen, and if they don't happen, it won't work. Eventually, it will. He'll get it right eventually. But every time every time that entity tries, it has to try again. It has to do the next... It has to try again. And so every time it goes for it now, it's not fucking up. It's finally not influencing the machine. It's controlling it. It knows exactly how to set things up and pull them off. So... It has to do it. It has to take its time. So one more thing here before we get to the last few original Bray promos. Um, In the summer of 2016, he actually has a super, super great feud with the New Day that only lasts like a month. And it's awesome because Xavier Woods. Well, Xavier Woods is amazing in this feud because he, who is essentially like, you know, a, a, a bard. He's apparently high level enough to see what Bray Wyatt actually is. And he becomes mesmerized by him. And the fact that he believes in Bray and he's terrified of Bray is so, so good. And he really did a lot, I think, for Bray Wyatt's ethos. Yeah, he, he legitimized a lot of them. He did it's, it's such a good, good bit. Yeah, Xavier Woods is one of the most underrated wrestlers of, of all time, I think, at this point. We can really say um looking at it out of storyline we're connecting a lot of the dots but in reality his feud with randy they really don't touch on anything new um they don't let him explore the character in any new or genuine way he threatens to do a bunch of spooky things but they never let him go that far so it's like well what's he supposed to say then his opponents say the same things about him so it feels so rote by this point and then the bugs and then the month after wrestlemania he wrestles randy in a haunted house oh yeah which uh, i mean it's it just makes no sense it really doesn't and not making sense peaks with his next promo october of 2017 bray wyatt's on raw or after bray wyatt loses to the demon finn balor and after bray wyatt loses to regular finn balor bray wyatt wants to even the score and he introduces Finn Balor to Sister Abigail. I gotta be honest. I'm Finn Balor. I don't like to come out here and talk. I don't like to come out here and talk. I like to come out here and fight. Fight. Oh, fight. I've got 18 abs. I'm Finn Balor. I can say the number oh, three weird. He likes to come out here and play mind games yeah see this is like year five of them talking about his mind games Last week, or whatever he's got a little kid singing he's got the whole world that's the laziness of the writers no oh, i agree for a second yeah. if bray wyatt actually because i don't think the writers the really understand what it could be but i also it. think all these people who are functionally mortals don't under actually understand what bray wyatt is i agree they can't. See, if you want to make a narrative, they don't God. understand what's going on. Can someone on. fix Finn Balor's jacket collar? The Eater yeah, of Worlds. The Eater of Worlds. But I, see Bray for what he really I call is. him the Eater of Lunches. 
And that's a coward. <laughs> what a what a lame insult, a coward. He's a face, he's gotta be Ray, nice. You lost to the demon at SummerSlam. Finn Balor looks like he's just staring into nothingness. Yeah. You lost so... to the man at no mercy. You can make all the excuses that you want, but the simple fact is, is that you're afraid. Bruh. Oh, Vince McMahon. You're afraid that despite all your games, that you can't beat Finn Balor. Yeah, that's what he's afraid of. Yeah, uh-huh. She never lied to me. 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 She never lied to me, but you did. She warned me about people like you, Finn. You lied to me. He looks really chubby here. <laughs> yeah, he lost a lot of weight when he left for a while. You were more. And you also said that you, the man, created the demon. Liar! The demon fuels the man. You don't paint your face to become the demon. You peel your skin to reveal it. That, that's, that goes along with the narrative. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And he fixed his collar. And I'll do the same. Bring your demon. And I will strip back my flesh to reveal the true nature of my Oh, dogs. boy. Abigail is a lie. And she is dying. Man, if only it was a little doll like Alexa. And the crowd laughs. <laughs> They're laughing with him. So, I think this was maybe the proto form of the fiend. Yeah, definitely. Which, thank God, the fiend wasn't cross-dressing Bray Wyatt. That would have um, been the best thing in wrestling history. I'm sure you're gonna spin it, Matt, because you're good with this stuff. But <sighs> Bray Wyatt saying that Abigail's alive literally goes against every single mm -hmm. thing his character has stood for ever since the first time he brought her up. <laughs> the fact that he's cross-dressing makes no sense. He lost to Finn Balor twice already, so who even cares? I really think that this here is the bottom of Bray Wyatt's career. This match never ended up happening because Bray Wyatt got, um... What's the kissing disease, Matt? Herpes? No, 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 no. The thing that, like, middle schoolers get. Um, oh, mono. Yeah, he got mono. He got mono? <laughs> yeah, he got he, like he got mono. So instead of that, we got Demon Finn Balor versus AJ Styles, which was awesome. Yeah, that was sweet. Um and once again, nothing against, you know, any of these performers, but what what was going on here? All right. So No, no, just just first, Matt. Just <laughs> level with me. Like what was going on here? A, a person trying to tell a story 
was not allowed to tell his story and was telling someone else's story through his own voice. I mean, it's really sad to watch. It's like watching. It's like watching a. It's, it's like the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. No, no, you know what it is, Matt. It's like watching Bob Hoskins in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yep. Or, or Dennis Hopper is even better. It's like watching Dennis Hopper in the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> yeah, there's like a there's like a an anger behind the behind the words. It's like I don't want to be saying this. I, I don't even know because his performance is still really good. You it, know, it, it, it but, is, but you can tell that he's not working with the same material he's worked with before. They he I don't think th- the, there's definitely not the wrote same for him, Yeah, I don't think he wrote this part. Like yeah. in the background. I think this is aspects of this were given to him and he worked with what he had and then they gave him what they gave him. Can you imagine being in the room when Vince or whoever goes, all right, Bray, we need you to go to Party City and get a haunted bride outfit that fits you and we're going to put a bunch of makeup on you and you're going to be Sister Abigail. Yeah, someone gave that to him and told him to put it on and... The, oh, I Well, I think the reason he was allowed to do as much as he was in reality is because he was probably like, all right, fuck it, let's go. So, yeah, if anyone was willing to take it, run with it, it would probably be Bray Wyatt. All right, Matt, take us away. Make this make sense. Okay. <laughs> this is this one's a little hard, but I'm going to say this, Ben. I know it's going to bother you. Sister Abigail's been alive this whole time. Okay. But not her physical body a spiritual remnant of her so at some oh, you point mean like the power that because you already said that when she died it was potentially a ritual suicide where he would like absorb her power because she was his first yep. teacher are you saying that this is like almost in the same way that like ben 10 has his aliens like this is his sister abigail form Basically, yeah, and I think we see that expressed properly in the in the in the Funhouse version of him, where we see all of those friends who went with him to live with Sister Abigail. I think those are all of the personalities, the traits, the characteristics. Some of them might have been real people too, but they were what makes up the the pieces that make up Bray. Were there with Sister Abigail, and she picked the one, the aspect. It's like Captain Planet, right? Like all the different yeah. pieces that make Captain Planet, but they're separated. And so he and and all of the ritual burning, the 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 burning of Sister Abigail's original home, that's what allowed him to take that power to then then allow those versions and those Captain Planet elements to be expressed, which is why we get Sister Abigail here, we get the pig, we get all of that stuff. All of those were essential. And they needed well, to be stripped away. Well, they now, needed to be pulled out. Oh, I see. So you're saying that... But then in that case, why wouldn't Bray have burned down the house and the chair? Because Bray wasn't in control at that point. The entity was. Well, the why, entity well, couldn't why do wouldn't it. The in, why can't the entity do that then? Because magic is complicated, Ben. Okay. Well, that, okay, Don't that, ask, quest- that's a Don't wizard, ask questions of forces you do not comprehend, child. Yeah, okay. Well, I, you know, I, I do sort of like that in that they need an outside force to play their part. That's that... a lot of magic. If you, if you would watch, if you'd finally watch Suspiria with me, one of the most important aspects of some, some rituals is, is an observer or a participant who is, whose will brought them there, whether it was manufactured or manipulated. They were, 
they have to, you need a witness just like in the wicker man or in suspiria or basically as well as in midsummer well you know what all unwilling participant led to do the things that led to their conclusion that the the people behind the power wanted you know matt i, and I actually magic. don't hate that so congratulations boom and shakalaka and so now we are going to take a look at Bray Wyatt in December when he begins feuding with Broken Matt Hardy. Bray Wyatt's last program, essentially before he disappears and turns into Funhouse Brays with Matt Hardy. And I would say their signature promo is from December 4th, 2017. <laughs> So he's obviously another supreme being, and he's in his—he's in his smoky. Well, I think I think Matt Hardy is like a warlock. He wasn't born with that power, but he made a contract. Yeah, I agree. He made a—he made a deal with an entity that he didn't understand. Matt Hardy is a fool, a charade, an illusion to mask his own failures and insecurities. Matt Hardy knows nothing. Just like a warlock. I am well versed in all faucets of the multiverse. I have studied at the library of Alexandria, battled alongside Genghis Khan, danced with Cleopatra, held symposiums with Plato, and meditated atop the Great Pyramid of Giza. The ramblings of a madman can be very dangerous. Yep. Especially for those of you who listen. Due to my condition, <laughs> I have made Hardy is really this good at this. Called yeah. Matthew Hardy. But now, thanks to the consumer <laughs> of terrestrial entities, <laughs> I have been woken. Bray woke him up on purpose. Last week was not Matt Hardy. Yep. I actually feel alive again. My heart is pumping, and there's a fire in me that is only growing stronger. But my fire will not cleanse you. My fire will not save you. My fire will make sure all of you burn. Yeah, he burned himself, left WWE, and look where it is now. With no choice. I send it you to deletion. <laughs> yeah. That laugh is incredible. It was so good that it turned into his entire character. Yep. That is amazing. It really ah! is. Oh, I mean, I mean, I just want to say Matt Hardy almost stole the show there. Almost. Oh, oh, Matt Hardy definitely stole the show there. Only because it was surprising, not an overall quality. Okay, so compared to where Bray Wyatt was wrestling John Cena at WrestleMania, this is, I mean, this is like, you know, lower mid-card stuff. As a Bray Wyatt fan, as fun as that mm-hmm. was, 
considering where he could be with, you know, the NXT fans yelling at him like he's a cult leader and stuff. Mm-hmm. For that to end up here, where he's trading laughs with Matt Hardy, hurts my heart. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, uh, I, I, but that's beating a dead horse at this point. Matt, take us through. So Matt Hardy... The, okay, so this is another entity that's in control of Matt Hardy. It's not one that has fully supplanted the will of Matt Hardy because the relationship between Matt Hardy and his entity are different. It's not the same thing that Bray has. He wasn't destined and born and consumed to become and right. fully manifest. Which is, why, this why, is, which is why he calls him a sham. Yeah, because he's not real. Because what the immortal entity that is, is imbuing Matt Hardy right now and expressing itself through Matt Hardy is some is an untethered entity bray's entity is the and the tethering of it is to preserve and to grow that entity so it is strong enough to actually transcend the entity that is connected to matt hardy now is one that was untethered but was given personality to some extent so it became this kind of like the devil at the crossroads type of deal it made deals with humans to as temporary vessels vessels that would allow them to do certain things experience amazing entities but the entity didn't know really what it was it's just this kind of wild kind of chaotic thing that is never and can never achieve what bray can that's why the ritual that's why everything bray's doing is so important because either you can become the fiend and evolve or you can be stuck on the earth forever like matt hardy's delete character so i don't disagree with that but my question is, why then does Matt Hardy beat Bray Wyatt, and then why does Bray Wyatt team up with Matt Hardy to win the tag titles? Because? No, Matt, we've gotten this far. Because? We, we can do this. Okay, give me a second. Is this really the one that's going to stump you, man? No, it's not going to stump me. I'm just getting my words right. Okay, this... Okay, so the reason that Matt Hardy wins the match and takes control is because Bray has always known that he doesn't need to beat somebody to take power from them. And there was no real value in in exerting so much of his divinity to beat Matt Hardy. It would have been a waste of what he's cultivated, the power that he's absorbed, what he's achieved, to utilize and exert so much will to enough to actually beat the entity that controls Matt Hardy would have been a waste. But he realizes the thing close to Matt Hardy and to that entity is somewhat beneficial to him because despite the entity being mad and trapped, it knows certain things and it's experienced certain truths. So it the entity can absorb something from that experience. It was a it was in the sake of cultivation because Matt Hardy's entity needed to see the divinity in Bray enough to think that it was worth kind of playing along with him, which was all part of Bray Wyatt's plan. It, it's what allowed him to pull off the funhouse because Hardy's character had that world warping power, that ability to create these maddening transported realms. And Bray himself had some vestige and type of that power, but he needed, just like he took the fire and the lightning from Kane, the Undertaker, he needed to take that reality warping ability from Matt Hardy. So you're saying that Matt Hardy was his final teacher. 
Not his final teacher, his final tool. Well, I think he would qualify as a teacher, right? Are you I a mean, teacher if as... you don't choose to be? Yeah. I think you're a tool. Okay, well, that's semantics at that point. Like, like to me, like the people who do master class classes aren't, they're not a teacher to you. Right. They're a tool for you to learn. All right. And I, I don't think Matt Hardy was like, a, was like I'm going to teach this young god how to be a world warper. <laughs> He's just kind of bambling and, ex- and expressing power. After Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy lose the tag titles. By the way, Matt, do you know who Bray Wyatt loses the tag team titles to? I hope it's the New Day. No, think lower. The, uh, a tag team involving Jinder Mahal. He loses the tag titles to his brother, Bo Dallas, and Curtis oh, no. Axel... The B team. Oh, it was it was a gift. He was giving he was giving his a part of him still loved his former little brother, so he gave him a gift. The B stands for best. Uh huh. It was uh it was something because at this time period they really didn't care about the tag titles, so they had yeah. three like, ooh look at these losers win the tag titles in a row. They had. B-team win, Hawkins and Ryder, which for me was the best one because I love both those guys. And then, like, Braun Strowman and Nicholas won it. And I think someone else. Really mm. weird time period. Seth Rollins won the tag titles, like, five times, all with different partners who hated him to various degrees. Yeah, I kind of get it. Anyway, my last note on the B-team is that they had an awesome theme song, which was, like, 2000s butt rock, and it was great. Yeah. It was like the It was like, these battle scars, whatever. It was awesome. And then because I, I WWE... sing the rest of that. And then because WWE doesn't understand irony, and the fact that these losers have a really cool theme song, mm-hmm. they gave them a theme song that opened, B-team, B-team, go, go, go. Ugh. It was really brutal. Once again, nothing against the talents. All those guys are super good. And honestly, I hope we see Bo and Axel and whatever form show back up uh, on the wrestling scene soon. I mean, I just want Bo Dallas to do something and actually get the chance to be himself again. Bo Dallas is so good. So, so underrated. I hope he's not, you know, destroyed at this point. I would love to see Bo and Bray do something together because Bo believes in a lot of, like, the esoteric stuff and the lizard people and stuff. Like, he believes in that for real. Yeah, oh, yeah. And if you let, if you give him a character where he's allowed to express some of that shit, it'll come off amazingly. I think Bo could be as scary as Bray Wyatt. So, Bray Wyatt, after losing the tag titles, disappears from television for almost a year. I think that was around July of 2018. And then the Raw after WrestleMania in 2019, the day after WrestleMania 35, I believe it was that. I was at the Raw the day after WrestleMania, and uh, one of my wrestling friends, his name's Meat Boop, who's also in Shout just out. over a week, he's going to begin training to wrestle, and I really want to get oh, him on the yeah. pod. Uh, I'm really excited for him. He, he walks up to me and goes, hey, I was walking around the arena and there was this area off to the side with curtains blocking it. I, I snuck a look into the curtains and what do I see but Bray Wyatt playing with a puppet. Hell yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? I go, okay, they have ruined Bray Wyatt. <laughs> the, they, this is awful. We receive a few teases of 
this weird buzzard coming out of a cardboard box. It's obviously a hand puppet. Mm-hmm. We get weeks of build, and then, Matt, we finally see the debut episode of one of the most transformative, amazing concepts in pro wrestling. One of the things that helped carry WWE through the pandemic, I'm talking about the Firefly Funhouse. This is also royalty-free song, Matt, so AEW could use this. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) I know that guy. (laughs) Do you? I think the first eight or so episodes were filmed in the same time. Yeah, I think so, too. But I knew that we would be back together again someday. I saw it in my dreams. Mm -hmm. This is the Firefly Yes. This, this is the reoccurring nightmare. Is Bray Wyatt. Yowie wowie. I love Yowie so Wowie. Yeah. This, this is my special place. So they had to, they had to burn Abigail's house here. to give this version of himself a place to, to go. What I've learned. Introduce you to some very special friends that I've met along the way. This friends from Abigail's house. Yeah, Reemerged to keep this aspect of his personality comfortable and happy. I'm Abby, the witch. You are going to love them. Now, I used to be a very bad man. Okay. I deserve that. But trust me, I have been barbarically punished for all of my Yeah, he works at WWE. That part of me is dead now. Very much is dead. I do keep a reminder so that not even in my weakest moments will I ever turn into that pathetic slob loser ever. There's a lot of hatred behind that. This is Bray Wyatt, the person behind the character. Yep. I appreciate he's carving up a cardboard cutout with the butcher's apron on. Yep. Oh, yeah. I hated that thing. It's it's like the most human version of him. I remember watching that for the first time and losing my goddamn mind. The fact that that exists. Oh, I just want to watch the rest of these. (laughs) This is so good, man. This is so inventive. This is so creative. He's made himself a psychotic Bob Ross character who's brainwashing children because he's still doing. If you think about it, and once again, you get the esoteric shit more than me, okay? But just from a layman's perspective, He's doing the same thing he was doing before. He's building up his following. Mm-hmm. He's brainwashing children, which we see in several of the videos. 
he's saying let me in which is the same thing as come join my family it's just a new coat of paint but it's so different it's so cool it's so fresh it's so amazing i do not think and i'm racking my mind right now i think this might be the most creative character in wrestling history oh i completely agree with you in this moment that actually be actually happening a hundred percent and so before we get into the esoteric stuff because i know that you're probably going to have a lot i, I want to watch one more video matt mm-hmm. and this one takes place a few weeks after that first promo That's a nice sweater right there. Yeah, that is a beautiful sweater. I like that combo. And welcome to the Firefly Funhouse. (laughs) Now today is going to be a really, really fun day. Hey, what's going on over there? Uh. (laughs) Hey, Mercy the Buzzard. What you got there? Follow the buzzard. I appreciate that Mercy sounds like Waylon Mercy. The crowd has no idea what's going on. That's the best part. Oh, hey, I think that was my mom. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, Ramblin' Rabbit. Oh, no. Yowie, wowie. Ramblin' <laughs> Rabbit? What, what have you done? I despise Ramblin' Rabbit. He was trying to force me to <laughs> adhere to his bohemian worldview and ideologies. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, mercy. It's perfectly okay to express yourself any way you want to. Whether it's painting a painting, flying a kite, or ripping rambling rabbit to shred. The point is, you can be forgiven, no matter what. Just like I was. In fact, I think you should be rewarded. See all those people just staring fixated on the screen. They're just blank. And speaking of it, we now have children doing the same thing. Yeah. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Those are probably the kids from the orphanage. And all you have to do is let me. Or fail the tents with Abigail. Yeah, that's what happens See when you let something way. inside your head. Okay, I will take just a few more seconds, and then I'm going to let you run rabid, Matt. I don't got too much to say. We have Bray Wyatt taking all of his prior experiences and lumping them up into the Firefly Funhouse. We have all the aspects of his character together. We have Abigail, the witch. We have Mercy, the buzzard, which is representative of Waylon Mercy which was sort of the origins of his character. Mm -hmm. We have Ramblin' Rabbit, which is how he would talk 
constantly previously and then lose. So now Ramblin' yeah. Rabbit's this rabbit who gets its ass kicked every single week. We have Huskus the pig, the oh. overweight, dowdy pig who's always second-guessing himself and his severe confidence issues. We have mm-hmm. the boss who is sort of different than the others, but is still, you know, one of those voices that drives that drives bray and and, well and not only that but it sort of lords over bray in Uh a way you know everything has a purpose and blends together and then of course we reach the fiend which we'll touch on his debut here in a second but it feels to me like he's now compartmentalized all of his hatred and all of his evil and just the pure form of the entity into the fiend which is like you know it's like it's this is clean shit now this is pure this is pure take. yeah we he talks in his early funhouse promos and he also tweeted in between his absence how he went to the psycho house yep. and how he got better and how he's learned to compartmentalize his feelings which i think we see turn into these characters and how he's able to separate himself now and now that he's good because there is a good bray there's the good bray and then there's the entity which now we can refer to as the fiend Fiend. so you know now he's still a cult leader just one that draws with honey and i i feel like the fun house has become his safe space well, it's it's his magical domain. It's 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 the wizard's castle. Right. Yeah. And I think that from a character perspective, this is one of the smartest things ever, mm-hmm. because Bray Wyatt understood before, at least I think, that one of his issues is that he would come out, he would talk week after week after week after week, and then he'd lose. Here, you have Fun Bray come out. He can talk about whatever he wants because he's Bob Ross or Mister Rogers, just demented. And so then it doesn't matter if he's talking too much because he's able to separate himself from the fiend. Yeah, this is the final rite of purification. Outside of the flames that eventually consume him, this is the final thing that needed to be done to separate all of those aspects. Get it down, boil down to that pure form. Create a central power base that exists outside of reality is a magical space. That's what he learned from Matt Hardy, to say, per se. The tool he learned and what he was able to achieve from his interactions with Matt Hardy was this. Without this and without Matt Hardy, he would have never been able to create such an a incredibly difficult world to build. And he knew what to do. This is the final step. I agree. I would say the Firefly Funhouse, the climax of his early episodes, is when we finally get a look at the fiend. Hey there, I'm over here. No, silly, not there. Yowie, wowie, you I love the painting of Abigail's house. Yeah. I'm sure glad you did, because this week, I have a secret. Oh, he's still revealing secrets after all this time. It's all been about revealing truth. Yeah, let's hurry it up. I got stuff to do. Oh, come on. 
That is such an, a notion to toward the audience. What I've really been working on. But I can't do it alone. No. I'm going to need the help of all my fireflies. So Ooh, he needs that power. Who's with me? He needs the power. Just warms my soul. But it yeah. does come full circle, worry. you know? Yeah. Well, because this is th this this aspect this of Bray has just those traits that were at his base before to, to to bring people in. He's learned how to harness it and how to control it. You wanna see my secret? We have a lot of the old imagery. Yeah, everything. Still have music as a driving factor? Of course. And that oh. is the debut of The Fiend. That is one of the best reveals ever done. I show this to Rebecca, and she legitimately got nightmares from it. No wonder we can't watch good movies with her. Yeah, for real. But still, it is legitimately still, creepy. That is that is expertly done. Beautifully, beautifully done. To lead you into this, Matt, I gotta ask, the way I interpret it is mm -hmm. that The Fiend is essentially the entity we have all these shards uh bray white's altered personality that all are left pieces. over from the entity and yep. then we have bray wyatt in the center of it and i feel like that bray wyatt is the bray wyatt the person i agree okay I, yeah you're you're correct in that that is the person in the firefly funhouse talking to us is bray wyatt it is it is him after being separated carbon car compartmentalized and distributed across the features that's why he's not evil or insane anymore because the entity is separate though it, it all exists within this it's all one thing but it's they they are expressed separately now so that that that, that person that gathers followers creates a cult who tells a story that's there. That's in Bray, not in the Fiend. That's in Bray. I I, I agree to an extent. I I wanna I wanna delve into that further though. To me, I interpret it as all of these other aspects, like all the puppets, essentially. To me, are the leftovers that Bray Wyatt, the person, put into making mm -hmm. the the Fiend, the entity. And that's like the, it, like if you're if you're cutting up a pig, like that's like the excess fat that you throw you away. Out. So there's Bray, there's that nucleus of the human, then there's the fiend, and then the puppets are what's left over that Bray put into making the fiend. Yeah, they're like they're they're the ingredients. They're each of the things that were used to actually generate the true. Right. mystical distilled version of the fiend 
which yeah. needed to happen. There needed to be a purification. All those things need to be presented and laid bare in front of the world. And so at this point, I think Bray Wyatt has acknowledged that he is the emissary of the fiend. Yep. He, he, and, he realized his purpose, his actual right, purpose. Exactly. He's finally realized his purpose. Why is it, it's why he's happy. It's why he's so, he's so happy now. What follows is the fiend becomes someone who targets all of Bray's old targets. He targets Daniel Bryan. He targets John Cena. For that, Matt, do you interpret that as something that's fiend-driven or something that's Bray-driven? Because as we're going to find out, Bray becomes someone who... Or the fiend is someone who has more power over someone that he already has a grudge against. I think it's... He has to clean things up before he can go. He, like, regardless of the fiend and his power... He it was so much a part of Bray for so long. He still holds on to those grudges to an extent. Like he, he remembers losing to John Cena. He remembers all those things. So he wants to go back and he wants to do them again. I think he also just wants to flex his muscles and, you know, get loose. Okay, so I can interpret that one of two ways. I can interpret that as the Fiend wants to beat those who he lost to before so that he can regain, like, credibility in the eyes of his potential followers. Or I can see that as the Fiend is just going on a demon world tour. It's a little column A, a little column B. I think okay. those I think those defeats or, are or, important. Or, or number three, that he's going through this to further cleanse himself. And yes. then once he's done with that, like he, he can fully Randy ascend. Yeah, he need he, this was necessary. But he, I think he could have done it with different wrestlers. But he needed to put himself in front of the flame that is the the metaphorical flame that burns inside of someone like John Cena or Daniel Bryan, these entities that burn brighter than life. They're these paragons of goodness of, of character driven love and face storytelling. He had to like present himself. He'd been like, look, I'm here. Let your kind of like he did with Matt Hardy. They were tools, but there was also an aspect of the original Bray Wyatt that wanted to get out there and wanted to prove himself again. Right, which is something that now doesn't exist anymore. So he's sort of getting that out of his... So it's sort of a mix of flexing his power, establishing himself, gaining more power by defeating these paragons, mm. and expelling the inner Bray Wyatt. Yeah, he's doing what Bray couldn't. He's doing what Bray couldn't do. It, it, essentially, finishing his time on Earth. I, I really like that interpretation. Yeah. So now, he can Matt, leave. Right now, Matt. My question for you. Is do you want to see the Muscle Man dance? Hell yeah, I do. This isn't this isn't for our audience. This is for us. When it comes to mind, body, and spirit, I want that Wyatt Jim shirt so bad. They made it. Oh really? Somewhere, yeah. Oh Huskus. Seeing the way he plays with his past failings is so cool. And as you can see, shows real growth. This must have been real cathartic for the person too. Oh, 100 percent. Like legit. Look how much better shape he's in. Yeah. I also like how brave voices all these guys. And he does yeah different voices. Apparently, Bruce Pritchard voiced them, and then Bray Wyatt would dub over them. Hell yeah. All this excessiveness and gluttony. Is gonna come back to bite you in the tail. 
but one day you could be great. One day people are going to tell you that you're a genius. Yeah, it's Bray talking to his childhood self. Hey, hey. Really? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> the fact that that he let that happen. I'm sure he's had this conversation with Vince before. This is a real conversation. Hit it. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, here we go, baby. See the pentagram? pentagram, yeah. Because dan dance and music have real magic in the world. It's the true magic of humanity has always had is music and dance. It's always been there from the very beginning. You don't really have a choice. That's why we don't have it anymore. Do the muscle man dance. This is awesome. Now wiggle your behind. Erase your mind, <laughs> this is just whoever oh, edited oh, this you. is a fuck we're ready for a night out on the town who the fuck edited this a genius yeah and remember my fireflies. we need to find out who produced and edited that because they, they are gods amongst and men and women i love how they show the crowd the and everyone's just staring at the screen yeah. it's really effective Oh, it's so good. Oh, man, I want to watch all of them. All right, Matt, I was at SummerSlam 2019 where The Fiend had his first entrance and wrestled for the first time against Finn Balor. One Finn of Balor. the most surreal, amazing entrances I have ever seen in my life. Just because you really didn't know what to expect. You knew it was Bray Wyatt, but you didn't know how he was going to wrestle and everything. Seeing The Fiend come out holding the disembodied head of Bray Wyatt, yes. literally a shell of his body, mm -hmm. coming out to the ring to a modified version of his song was truly spectacular. And I think it's one of, if not the last truly incredible entrances WWE's ever done. Yeah, I agree. It, it was... It's like the it's like the guy it's like the um the Undertaker entrance with the flaming uh torches. It really is. Or the Undertaker coming out from like hell or whatever, which is also Yeah, great. rising, yeah. Bray Wyatt's run as the fiend was not without controversy. <laughs> he had everything through SummerSlam 2019 was awesome. Then he gets in a feud with Seth Rollins and people go, Are they really gonna give the fiend the title? That seems weird. <laughs> immediately and then they were like no no we're not so we have a referee stoppage at hell yeah, in the oh, cell 2019 against thing. seth rollins which i was there for i have never seen the crowd shit on a match so actually i have seen a crowd shit on a match so much but i was sitting ringside and it was brutal to see live 
The crowd wanted The Fiend to destroy Seth Rollins so bad. It destroyed Seth Rollins' character because he was made to look like a bitch. Just no one came out of it looking good. And it was so bad that after a referee stoppage, Bray Wyatt just beat Seth Rollins clean the next month at uh, Super Showdown and won the title. So, of course, Bray Wyatt has to lose it eventually. And The Fiend would lose it in unspectacular fashion at their next Saudi Arabia show to Goldberg, my boy. Because he's an actual superhero. He doesn't count. He yeah. didn't need the title. He, he needed to give it away, so he gave it to an old, begotten hero. Well, Bray Wyatt even says that, essentially, that he needed to lose the title to Goldberg in order to get what he really wanted, a match at WrestleMania against John Cena. Yes. So let's trace our steps back. Why did... Bray Wyatt fall into a downward This is right when the pandemic started. One of the yeah. first shows with no fans. He gave up and he blamed me. Bray Wyatt's biggest enemy is Bray Wyatt. No, it's actually seen in real life. So <laughs> right. he to lose. He's a megalomaniac. About me. And I know what you're thinking at home. Like, well, John is because you win a lot. He's an asshole paladin. <laughs> yeah. You know I have suffered monumental setbacks. Okay, out of storyline, John Cena's never suffered monumental setbacks in WWE. Yeah, and you won the title back a month later, both times. You beat him the next year, and you you still beat Brock Lesnar that night. And you beat Triple H the next month. So why, after all of these setbacks, does no one ever say... Well, John Cena's buried. Because you're an asshole paladin. Yeah, because you're not allowed to be buried. If I fail, I put the blame on no one else but myself. I adapt. I overcome. It's so disingenuous, which works so well for this. Because he's also a vessel. Because remember, John is also a truly divine being, like like the fiend. And they blame everybody else but themselves. So how do I respond to somebody who blames me for their failure? Give me a chance, I'll give him an attitude adjustment. Boom! That edit was terrible. That wasn't on the original broadcast. That's just for the YouTube. Okay. The last part's true. That's also true. Yeah. Ending the existence of the most overhyped, overvalued, overprivileged... He's WWE talking about himself. That's so great. <laughs> yeah. Yowie, wowie. This is one of the first times Bray shows up oh out of the funhouse. Not not the first time, but one of like stuff, a half dozen. I mean, it takes a lot of power for him to manifest in physical form, I think. Just so you know. As this version, I'm not as the fiend. Really we'll here. talk about that in a sec. Even though you're saying some really mean and hateful stuff about me, it's good to see you. <laughs> That is beautiful. Look mm. at you. Look at you. You're doing great, man. You're the big Hollywood star now. You got big muscles still. You got beautiful girlfriends on tap. I mean, most of us can't even imagine what it must be like to be John Cena for just one day. But you do have me all wrong, John. You see... I'm not sick. You are. I know 
why you came here, John. And I know why you can't say no. <laughs> you don't really think we think that you care about the future, do we? <laughs> I mean, John Cena cares about John Cena, right? And it, he doesn't, it doesn't matter who he has to smash or bury along the way as long as he gets his spotlight. And six years ago, that, that's very true. You, you took something from me. And I, I thought about it a lot. Matter of fact, I thought about it so much that I wanted to take my hands and push them into my skull and smash my brain into a million pieces. So uncomfortable. So he looked right there. Without the voices talking to me, but the voices, they never stopped. And then something magical happened. Literally. One day I, I stopped fighting the voices. This is when the entity takes over. Mm -hmm. And I started listening to him. <laughs> and they took my crooked little world... And they turned it into a majestic fun house. Yeah, they did. You Which means the fun job. house is run by the fiend, essentially. Fiend. Yeah, he made it. He he made it after he learned how, how to do it right from Matt Hardy. Right. And at WrestleMania, it's going to be a slaughter. You just don't know it yet. Let me in, John. <laughs> Let me in. So I think there's a lot to unpack there. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Bray's performance is great, but I think we're past that point. He's already one of the greatest promos of all time at this point. I think that there's a few kernels in there that are really interesting. Uh, this is Bray Wyatt manifesting in person to talk to John Cena. He's... He's confronting the character who I think is inexplicitly talking about himself because I think some John Cena saw a lot of himself in the original Bray Wyatt, but John Cena doesn't actually understand. It's it's John Cena talking to what he thinks is just the human Bray Wyatt. When he sees all the Firefly Funhouse stuff, he's like, oh, that's just bullshit. He, he doesn't understand. It's real. He's I, going I into something real. Yeah, I think that Bray Wyatt since Mania 30 surpassed John Cena, whereas John Cena thinks that all of his growth was actually just him becoming, uh, just becoming a lost wrestler. One of the things that I find interesting about the Funhouse, I think, works in the realm that we've been talking about, is mm -hmm. that it starts out where the Funhouse is this ethereal realm, but we do end up having a number of people that end up in or on the fun house like i think it was maybe braun Strowman mm -hmm. and maybe daniel bryan who actually come to the fun house and i think that's one of those things that's sort of you know moving into the nightmare on elm street vibe where it's like bray wyatt's getting in these people's heads enough that they are willing it into reality yeah. and so i think it's a little bit of like you know when we get to the firefly fun house match where the fiend essentially transports john cena into the fun house I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is that he's built it up enough in Cena's mind where Cena believes that he's there. Yeah, well, what, what Bray learned and can actually do is take control of others' wills and bring let make them bring themselves into his right. world. 
it's it's just yeah it's just like freddy you're he's only has power if you if you allow him if you allow yourself to be afraid of him and you allow yourself in which is why when bray says let me in he's saying let me let me touch your will because he knows the fiend's ability is so strong that as soon as he can even touch you a little bit you're under his spell regardless of whether you know it or what you can do which is why i think cena is so self-reflective even in that promo because he's let bray in by that and then he truly lets bray in so bray brings him home he brings him into his role and he and he absorbs him and he spits out a vessel which is what we have now he just lost roman reigns i agree i think that this is a beautiful way that he put his whole character Mm -hmm. together and it really reaches a crescendo at wrestlemania 36 night two when in the main event the last match of the show the fiend bray wife finally shuts up john cena once and for all and cements himself as the ultimate supernatural being in wwe finally validating the bray wyatt from six years ago but actually having the power to shut him up now the greatest, I, I think it's the greatest match the greatest magic kind of esoteric match in wrestlemania history coming full circle in such a roundabout way Mm -hmm. but finally cleaning up the mess of that wrestlemania 30 match and so after that we're in a pandemic and bray wyatt essentially becomes a crutch for wwe to use to prop up smackdown because his segments were never in front of people he enters a feud with braun Strowman. they trade wins back and forth a bit Mm -hmm. The Fiend never loses, and it ends up at SummerSlam. Bray Wyatt, The Fiend, defeats Braun Strowman, becomes Universal Champion, and then a week later, he loses it in a triple threat match to Roman Reigns, but isn't pinned. They debut the Wobbly Walrus character, which is mocking Paul Heyman, which was cute, but didn't really last very long. Yeah, kind of useless. And in this time, he begins grooming Alexa Bliss. And I think that Alexa Bliss is a really, 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 really talented wrestler and especially a very talented character in promo. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that her next to Bray Wyatt shows (laughs) not necessarily where her failings are, but I think it shows how good Bray Wyatt is. And we are going to look at that right now as Alexa Bliss becomes the newest attendee of the Firefly Funhouse. Hello, Fireflies! And welcome to our very mad tea party! (laughs) Why are you upset? That was was great last night! It's not that type of mad, you tweedle dummy. No, shut your camera! Special guest is about to arrive! God, the, the the imagery of Alice in Wonderland is so well done. Splendid! Splendid! with her And I made it extra special. Just for you, little buddy. Wow, this is delicious! What's in it? Well, it's a touch of strawberry a hint of peach, a sprinkle of sugar, and a smidgen of a secret ingredient. 
See, it feels like this was written for her. Right. Or exactly. Bray wrote his own material. Arsenic. <laughs> That's a good bit. <laughs> I wonder how many rambling rabbit puppets they went through. Yeah, at least ten. Cowie wowie! Looks like you're fitting right in. After all, I'm mad. You're mad. We're all a little mad down here. But how do you know I'm mad? Well, you must be. Or else you would have never come here. Because this is a very magical place. Where memories and nightmares walk hand in hand. A place where you don't have to hide from anything anymore. Alexa's that is just vamping sick. right now. He comforts you. He heals you. He protects you. And there's only one thing that you have to do. <laughs> That's his left hand, too. Ooh, I have Let context. him in. Ugh. Oh, you're such a bad actress. <laughs> hey, dudes! Turns out I'm all right after all. Uh, honey, buddy, I'm coming home. <laughs> That's funny. So I, this is, I think, a letting Alexa in is what allows the funhouse to break, and for the fiend to to transcend. And look, so, it says, abandon hope all ye who exit here. That was actually put up there when uh, Cena entered the funhouse for yeah. the funhouse match. I think it's, sh it's showing that there is more power to the space now, even more. It's connected to something bigger. Mm, what makes you think that? It's the allegory. I Because in order for Bray to fully walk out of WWE, to escape the confines of the boss of a demonic character instead of saying all those who enter here which is what it says on the entrance to hell it's abandon all hope ye who exit here so you're leaving you're leaving this place and it's it's saying like if you if bray the 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 divine entity the fiend walks out that door he's walking into a bigger world because he's walking out of the wwe now we don't necessarily see bray leave that door well, we, we do. do. Get, we we well, do. Fiend is what lies on the other side of that door. We know that. Yeah. But the fiend, the fiend is bigger than anything now because he's finally at the point where he can finally leave. This is him. Sure, but I think Alexa is the last piece to finish the ritual. Sure, but I think himself. that was already the case before Alexa was there. Oh yeah, I think yeah, Alexa yeah, just yeah. draws it to draws it into so, stark light. Yeah. No, I think Alexa fulfills the same role that Randy does. But we're gonna get there in a second. Yeah, she's a tool. I think that. I, I, so not to comment on Alexa's acting, it's not my favorite. It does sort of look like she's reading off cue cards, mm -hmm. and it, it feels a lot more B-movie-esque than Bray. I just feel like she doesn't understand, like, the esoteric underpinnings. And who knows? We might not either. But I feel like, I feel like she gets, oh, hey, we got to look creepy. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, she doesn't understand the reality right what she needs to be doing i feel like she's like she's like two layers under where she needs to be well, yeah she's a tool she she's not even she thinks it's one of those things where like if you believe you will find magic some you'll never really find it and so like the fiend and bray saw this weak human 
who was like a little wacky and thought that magic could be fun. You know, they, they, they dabbled their toe a little too deep. They got what they wanted and what they didn't realize they were getting was them being used as an instrument for a larger plan. And I think to this day, Alexa's character thinks she won. And she's wrong. She's just a remnant. Yes, agreed. But what we're going to take a look at next is what happens to the fiend when he's taken out Daniel Bryan, he's taken out Finn Balor, John Cena, all these guys who hurt or destroyed Bray Wyatt in his original incarnation. But what happens when he begins feuding with Randy Orton? I tell you what happens. Somebody gets burned. Yeah, Randy needed to finish the ritual for him there. Randy was always a pawn the whole time, wasn't he? Yeah. He's never been his own. He's never really been himself. You know, both, I think, narratively and in reality. He's never been. See, like, that's why the vessel's just flat. A little bit of flame and an RKO can't stop something that's the fiend. Right. He's encouraging him to set him on fire. And look, look at the voices in his head. He's 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 fighting this. He's being told, "Burn him, burn him, do it." You know, and he doesn't even really understand. Man, they did a great job with that Bray Wyatt figure they put in the ring there. That's not the Bray Wyatt figure. That is. No, it's they don't show it until it's on fire. Like that's still Bray. That's still Bray. That's yeah. That's not Bray Wyatt. But not anymore. It's not. It's been no. cleansed. Yeah. Which is why now Alexa has power. So okay. So let's let let's go through this story because this is where the Fiend saga begins to wrap up. All right. So yep. in December of 2020, the Fiend is set on fire by Randy Orton. And he disappears from television. Randy Orton continues to be taunted by an upset Alexa Bliss. And he starts vomiting up like this black goo from his mouth. Yep. uh, Repeatedly. How does this all work? Because there's a lot to unpack in this small time period. So I think think what, what is in essence is going on is Bray and The Fiend knew... That the only way to truly be reborn, to truly transcend, was to be burnt, was to be consumed in the tr- fires of truth. It's, but, it's, I will say, it's one of the only through lines that never goes away for Bray Wyatt. Yep, because it's part. It's been the plan from the beginning. It's been all. It's th- those influences, those voices in his head, the voices in the influence inside of Bray knew that this was this was success. This is what success was going to look like. And he got there. And I think by doing this, what he did was in some in some magical discussions, there's the notion that even entities that transcend out of this reality, what they hold is a mantle of power that has to exist. Some entity somewhere must hold that power. kind of, And that's what Sister Abigail died and gave to Bray. And then Bray was able to separate and distill it. 
but he knew that in order before he transcended he needed to give that away and so he gave it to alexa he's like you're immortal you're wacky you take this and she doesn't understand so 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 what do you so before you lose me here what are you interpreting this as what the burning no what is alexa getting from this she's getting a magical mantle that she doesn't understand She's being given this kind of tether, this magical, this magic that's tethered to our world. And that's why she doesn't have true power. I, I, I guess there's the entity, right? Which has been there since the beginning. Mm-hmm. There's Bray Wyatt. There's Alexa Bliss. And then there's the Fiend. Yep. Okay. And the Fiend, the which, Fiend has transcended which, and, at and, this point. And, well, so the entity, I feel like, has transcended yeah. when he's burned. Okay. Yeah, Great. that that true divinity aspect has was what's been burnt away. I I think you'd be able to do a better job than me. How would you differentiate the powers of the fiend and then the power of the entity? One has direct control over reality, and within our confines of reality, one exists bigger. It's like the fiend is a tentacle of something bigger than the galaxy. So I let let me let me clean that up for you because I think we're on the same page. I interpret, I interpret the powers of the fiend, the vessel of Bray Wyatt has, I interpret that as abilities that the entity has grown, but it only works on this plane of existence. And honestly, it's pretty basic. And so mm-hmm. I feel like when he's burned, he, of course, loses that power. Yep. But then he transcends leaving behind what becomes known as burnt fiend yeah or crispy fiend and yeah, that it, is that is the remnant so it's still mm-hmm. the character the fiend and he yep. still has these physical powers but he's not this completely all-encompassing almighty creature he's killable now yeah, he's mortal. Because he's he's like uh he's like Friday the thirteenth one Jason and not Friday yep. the thirteenth part six. Yeah, he's not the he's not the he's not the form of Jason that goes to space. I, I think that the last vestige of the entity that we get comes at WrestleMania thirty seven when we see Crispy Fiend show up and he is instantly regenerated into the regular fiend to wrestle Randy Orton. Yep. And so what happens in that match is Alexa Bliss essentially summons him. He's mm-hmm. transformed in a video from Crispy Fiend to Regular Fiend. By the way, Matt, they are working on a Crispy Fiend action figure. Hell yeah. It's like on the 50-50 if it's far enough in production that they're going to make it. Or if they don't, it's mm-hmm. like right on the borderline. I really hope they make it. I hope they do too. The Fiend wrestles Randy Orton. And then at the end of the match... Alexa Bliss shows up from the same entryway that the Fiend himself showed up from, which is a giant jack-in-the-box. Mm-hmm. She starts pouring out this black sludge from her mouth, much like Randy Orton did earlier. Mm-hmm. And then the Fiend turns around, eats an RKO, gets pinned and loses. Now, from a booking standpoint, I think that was fucking awful. It was so um, stupid. But we're past that point now. We're making this work. For this magical tether of the Fiend's powers, mm-hmm. is this something that was given to Alexa or that Alexa took from the Fiend? And when do you think Alexa takes this power from the Fiend? This was the Fiend or like that, the remnants of that vessel showing that he's like, look, 
look, look, look, you have all this now. And it's trying to kind of stare in its face. He's like proving a point by being destroyed in front of her. See, but I interpreted the match as Alexa was the one who was initiating taking the power from Bray Wyatt. But she's 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 she was gifted that mantle. Like the the entity is already gone. I know the entity is already gone, but so what's it, left in the fiend is like a false sense of power. So her exerting her power and it allowing him to be defeated, and and that's what leads to him being defeated, is like very is like very representative of like that that entity that vessel that's left that sh- that crispy fiend doesn't have real power anymore. And what we see her summon. And that thing that comes out and is defeated is like the last vestige she has left from her connection to the fun house. So, so essentially what you're saying is that the fiend thought he had the remaining power and Alexa's Mm -hmm. like, actually I played you. I took the power while you were all crispy. And he's like, I, that's fine. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like he, no, he, I think, I think he actually knew that, but like he, Alexa, Alexa needed to realize it. And that that vessel was so part of why the, the entity needed to leave the fiend was because the fiend was a collection of all these selfish internal aspects of Bray Wyatt to an extent. So part of transcending that is stepping away from it. And that that like what the personality traits and elements that made up Crispy Fiend were these like bastardized things. For me, I interpret it as especially from his last promo that we're going to get to here in a second. It's clear that Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss are not on friendly terms after WrestleMania. So it's obvious that Bray Wyatt, and thus probably since he's the emissary of The Fiend, The Fiend, they view Alexa as an enemy. So I think it's clear that Alexa usurped the power of The Fiend while The Fiend was in a vulnerable state. Yeah, well, it's just it's just the remnants of the power yeah, of the fiend. They they were she was able to absorb what was that mantle. Exactly. Yeah, that yeah. that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Because you have to remember too, Bray Wyatt is still super freaking strong on his own. Bray Wyatt, the man, doesn't feel pain. Well, that was established years mm-hmm. and years ago. So he's still tough to kill. But Randy Orton beat him with one RKO. So I can agree with that. Also, I feel like Randy Orton's constant black vomiting. I have to wonder if that's him being purged of the voices in his head now that his job is. is done. I was going to say now that since he finished his task, his reward is that's why he's so happy now with 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 uh, with Riddle. Uh, yeah, with Riddle, because he he's finally free. He doesn't have that paint that that burden bearing down on him and leading him to what he needs to do he's finally free he can finally grow his mustache and put his dick on people's shoulders again the day after wrestlemania to date is the last time we have seen bray wyatt on television i would say after a long time away i think it took a lot for the entity that is left in the funhouse to to generate the power to send this final message i think that what we're about to see is much like the fiend being regenerated i think this is a remnant or like a final gift from the entity but i think it took a while to manifest because the entity now itself is so far away but well because remember matt the entity didn't regenerate the fiend until the night before 
So I yeah. feel like this is a continuation of that. Uh, I I I think it's more nebulous. I I think the entity that is the fiend, the entity that's beyond the fiend, is so far away from this reality at this point that these are just like the remnants of its will before it left. Like it's not directly doing these things right now. They're just happening. Maybe not, but I still think it's remnants of. Yeah, remnants I can agree with. I don't think it's, like, direct. He wasn't like, oh, and tonight everyone's going to see this (laughs) message. Yeah, well, that's when it turns into wrestling, right? That's the the gimme a mulligan one area. Yeah, it is. That's a booking thing. All right. Let's wrap this puppy up. Let's say goodbye to Bray Wyatt. That's the energy of someone so who knows they need to make a new character. Especially with again, yeah. Not even moving her mouth Abby. anymore. Mm-mm. If you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say. Because it doesn't have all. the power to move anymore. Which is bewildering. I bet you didn't see that coming. No matter what has happened lately, we still have each other. We will always have each other. As a matter of fact, I can't go anywhere else. I feel great. You can't go to AEW. I I think this could be a a brand new start for all of us here. A, A new season, new friends, and a brand new me. In fact, I. I, uh, I feel reborn. Yeah, I feel reborn. <laughs> and I heal you, Huskies. Oh, and I will heal you, Huskies. Yeah, be gone. <laughs> That's <laughs> This here's simulation. I I like that he calls it a simulation. He injects a lot of lizard people stuff into the Funhouse episodes, but I, I think this sets up Bray Wyatt, the man, to return as an ass kicking, like, bruiser type. Yep. A more grounded wrestler who's still really fucked up from all the demonic shit that's been happening to him. Mm-hmm. But a man who's an emissary for not something that's fiend level, 
but something that's literally the most powerful being in all of existence. God. Yeah, essentially the wrestling version of God. Not JBL God. Because he's already established there that the entity will return. Yep, well he believes it will. And I think it will. I think that we're looking for a new, fresh start for Bray Wyatt. And I don't know how you think it's going to happen. I think that we're going to see a more human Bray Wyatt come to whatever uh, wrestling promotion he ends up going to. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him come out with some sort of uber fiend, something that comes out maybe four times a year. Like, yep. do, you, do you know 911, Matt, in ECW? No. Okay, there's this wrestler called 911 in ECW. He wasn't a very good wrestler. But if there was a match that the fans didn't like or was boring them, the crowd would start chanting 911. Okay. And if enough people were chanting 911, this guy named 911 would come out. He'd chokeslam both of the guys. He'd be like, yeah, I'm fucking awesome. And then they'd Hell leave. Hell yeah. I think Bray Wyatt could take the Fiend and do something like that. Because yep. here you have Bray Wyatt who can fight for titles. He can fight for gold. Like, the Uber Fiend is, I guess, what I'll call him. The Uber Fiend doesn't care about any of that. The Uber nope. Fiend comes if Bray Wyatt's like, hey, you want to help me out with something? Or, hey, this guy's really pissing me off. Or, hey, this guy's been talking shit about you. Mm-hmm. And, like, once every, like, maybe, you know, like, maybe four times a year this dude shows up. I- I'm just imagining, like, a giant cloaked figure. He's got, like, tentacles on his cape or yeah. some shit. It's some it's real some like Cthulhu type thing. Entity. Yep. And he's, co- he's, co- he's a cosmic being, not just a, a mortal right. being. Right, exactly. And he just destroys everything. Just something that breaks the scales. Like he would beat Brock Lesnar in one move. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Untouchable. Like, we're, we're talking Goldberg power levels here. Yeah, 100%. With a four-minute intro. Longer. Yeah, 15-minute walkout slowly descending from the rafters with pyrotechnics spewing out of his tentacles. Yeah, tons of CGI. Okay, maybe not that much. But legitimately, I'm really excited to see what he does. Now, okay, let's be honest, all right? Him losing to Randy Orton at WrestleMania was fucking stupid, okay? Mm -hmm. It was really stupid. This guy's created so many amazing characters and so many promos, and they never let him run with the ball. Imagine Bray Wyatt... If they just let him do his thing, if they didn't just stop him every single chance they got, if they just gave him his own feuds, imagine, Matt, The Undertaker debuts in 1990. By the end of 1991, he becomes a face, a beloved face, mm-hmm. and he's able to ride that out into the 90s, as well, late 90s, 99, I think, is when he turns heel next, 98. Bray Wyatt, one year after his debut was at the end of his feud with John Cena. If he cuts that Miss Teacher Lady promo, turns face, starts feuding with, like, the authority, maybe? Could you imagine where he could have been? And in a way, I'm glad that we got to see The Fiend because I think it's the most inventive and creative character in wrestling history. But even The Fiend, they had to step their greasy little toes into and and, in turn what should have been this perfect character... And they muddied it. And you and I are here, and I think you did an amazing job of connecting the dots with the Bray Wyatt character. So did but you, Ben. It, it's a Pyrrhic victory because Bray, because Bray Wyatt forced this to be what it is. Bray Wyatt 
made this I, I, I don't know what his real name is. I think it's, it's Wyndham Rotunda. It's all part of a real ritual, Ben. See the story I've been telling? It's not about a character in the WWE. It's about a real man committing real actions. It's all real. It transcends entertainment, Ben. It's reality. Whoa! You know, he tried once. He might have tried twice. And he even tried a third time. And the fourth time was the charm. But who knows what happens when we go beyond. Fourth time's the charm. Good night and good morning. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on all the social medias. Interact with us. Everybody's fan. You get free things. Remember to comment. Fireflies.